When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. This do intelligence agencies run cults? Oh man, we we learned so much in the years following this classic episode that like if we went back in time and talked to each other now about this or the future versions of uh, Matt and Noel went and talked to the past versions of Noel, Matt and Ben, uh, <laughs> we would sound like crazy people. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we already do a little bit sometimes, but uh, this would just exacerbate that experience. For sure. And in this case, we're discussing whether or not there's any kind of strategy to having control of a cult. Like, is there a reason that an intelligence agency could make use of a group of like-minded people that follow a single leader or maybe a group of people? Why would you want that? And has it happened? Well, stick around. You might just find out. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is... Stuff they don't want you to know. I'm Matt. And I'm Ben. Welcome back. Guys, today... It's getting exciting. <laughs> you know, listeners can't see this right now, Matt, but you have a uh, you have a weird grin on, a, an air of uh, mischief about, and perhaps it's just the uh, most wonderful time of the year, which is what you and I call Halloween on this show, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you got something up your uh, sleeves there. Maybe every time Samhain comes around, I feel a little bit that way. 
Ah, yes, the correct pronunciation, which we learned the hard way. Yes. <laughs> uh, listeners out there who also watch our videos, you know that Ben and I have tried our hand at starting one of those, what do you call them, cults? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It went pretty well. It did. Uh, you can actually see some of the results in a video series that we did, one episode in particular, uh, wherein, Matt, you as the cult leader have sent me out to proselytize our coworkers. Well, I will say that I was not self-appointed. Uh, well, you know, sometimes the Godhead just finds you, right? That's right. Uh, so we we do have a video where we take a satirical look at uh some of the some of the operations that cults use some of the techniques would be a better word sure. right how a cult begins right and how a cult grows and how it maintains loyalty ideology and pushes people into increasingly uh unusual decisions right sure and uh you know if if you work in uh the law or if you work with logistics then you're well aware of decision trees and how with a little bit of forethought and with some careful puppet stringing you can place people uh very easily into a uh situation that they would have never ever in a million years thought they would do and which brings us to our Next side of the story here. What's that, Matt? Well, we're asking an interesting question here today. Hmm. Do intelligence agencies run cults? Ah, what an interesting question. Yeah, fascinating even. Now, in the United States, when we say intelligence agencies, we're talking specifically in this sense about things like the FBI and the CIA, uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Central Intelligence Agency. And we know that these alphabet agencies, uh, specifically those two and also the NSA and several other of them, sure. they are actively monitoring groups, uh, all kinds of individuals that they consider to be, let's say, possible threats to the national security. Can you guys hear the finger quotations we just put around that, the air quotes? That's because national security is often vaguely defined and increasingly so. So just for examples, uh, what what's something that these agencies would monitor? One that you are probably aware of mm-hmm. is the Occupy movement that happened several years ago and is still ongoing today. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look, there's a, a Guardian article that we looked at about how the FBI coordinated the entire crackdown. Well, not the entire, but a large portion of the crackdown on the Occupy movement. Um, and that's by Naomi Wolf. You can check that out. Uh, yeah, we've got a quotation here. Uh, part of this that we pulled from this article for you guys to hear is uh, in this article in The Guardian, Naomi Wolf talks about the documents that emerged showing how closely the alphabet agencies and private sector entities cooperated, sometimes merging into a single entity known as the Domestic Security Alliance Council. Here's a quote. And it reveals this merged entity to have one centrally planned, locally executed mission. The documents, in short, show the cops and Department of Homeland Security working for and with banks to target, arrest, and politically disable peaceful American citizens. That really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. 
And we know that that's not the first time it happened. We know that throughout U.S. history, other groups have been civilian groups, mind you, have been monitored by the FBI in particular, but also other government agencies. And the FBI in particular, because it's within the United States. That's yep. why they're the agency mm-hmm. looking at it. And we've looked at this before with COINTELPRO. Yep. When you look at the the way that they handled, the FBI handled uh, MLK, Martin Luther King Jr., and mm-hmm. how like uh, how they monitored his phone calls. They sure. watched all of it, like all kinds of just spying on this guy. Went through his mail. Yeah, manipulating, sending him threats. Mm-hmm. Very interesting and scary. Then you've also got the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Right, yeah, uh the SCLC, as well as MLK and other members uh, affiliated, both individuals and groups affiliated with the civil rights movement, were aggressively monitored and targeted. But they weren't the only ones. There was also what would be called the New Left, or people pushing for Irish independence, an exile group called Cuban Power, uh, and people fighting for Puerto Rican independence, and so on. It even gets a little bit crazier than that when we're talking about monitoring, right? Yeah, groups that you would not think would be monitored. Try me. R- really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Vegetarians. Oh, the ISIS of restaurants, huh? They're dangerous, <laughs> man. More dangerous than you could ever know. Also, environmentalists. And I can see the angle with environmentalists because there is the, uh, I, don't, I forget the term for it. But eco-terrorism. Eco-terrorism, yeah. Um, I mean, that does exist. That is a mm-hmm. real thing. Mm-hmm. But vegetarians, I'm trying to think if maybe there's an angle for Monsanto to get involved. <laughs> I wonder. That's not a bad question. Uh, we have a we have an interesting story to point you toward. Uh, check out the story of an informant named Anna. And Anna was asked to infiltrate things like vegan potlucks looking for eco-terrorists, uh, people who would be a, a threat to a quote-unquote national security. That's right. I watched recently a movie on HBO. I believe it was called The East. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called mm-hmm. uh, about eco terrorists and this other uh, independent agency that sends people to infiltrate them. And I wonder where some of maybe the story of Anna comes into play ah, there. Ah, yeah. Now, from what we understand, the informant Anna is came forward because uh, this person may or may not be female, but. Clearly, I think it's female. Uh, this person uh, is disillusioned with the strategies used by domestic intelligence agencies. If you haven't checked it out yet, check out our video about whether the uh, wh- whether these guys are on the up and up and obeying the law when they do the monitoring. They certainly were not doing it during COINTELPRO. Absolutely not. Which is why Congress changed some of the laws. Uh, but how many of those laws got changed back? A uh, little tidbit here. In 2002, under the Bush administration, some of those laws were rescinded in the interest of, wait for it, <gasps> national, national security. security. <laughs> we better not make that a drinking game. Oh, gosh, because I know. <laughs> somebody's going to get alcohol poisoning. Um, and, you know, this. we also know that if we're just talking about monitoring, a lot of socialist-leaning religious groups that were anti-war, pacifist groups, have been targeted in short. Matt, they could target pretty much anyone they wanted. But did they actually infiltrate these groups? Well, we're going to find out really soon after a quick word from one of our sponsors. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And we're back, and we can answer this question. In the previous part of the podcast, we talked about monitoring groups illegally. But now it's time to talk about something else, right? Infiltration. Now, that's another thing that we've talked about several times Uh in our video. But for this, we're talking about civilian groups and religious groups and how the FBI has infiltrated them before. Right. Yes. Infiltrated them, uh, but not just to infiltrate and surveil, not just infiltrate as an informant. There's a line that they cross. So if our question is, do intelligence agencies run cults? We know that they have certainly influenced religions. And you and I know, of course, and listeners, you know, if you've watched our video on cults, that the division between a religion and a cult is a little bit gray. Just as one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter, one person's religion is another person's cult. So we know that the FBI, CIA, have uh, used informants to enter into Weather Underground, which was uh, a group active a few decades before our time. Listeners, some of you may remember the days of Weather Underground. Uh, We know that more recently and controversially, uh, the FBI has placed informants in mosques in the United States. Uh, We covered this in our video, Is the FBI Manufacturing Terrorists? Why do we use that title, Matt? Well, it's because it has to do with entrapment in one way, and then also sending informants in to try and rile up a group. Mm -hmm. So in this guy's case, uh, Craig Montiel, He went into a mosque, and while he was doing surveillance on most of the people in one of these mosques, he was also also talking to them about jihad Mm -hmm. and trying to rile everybody up. And what they did is they contacted, well, first of all, they put a restraining order on the guy. They said, don't come back here anymore. This is not what Islam is about. Yeah, we are not the people you're looking for. Right, and then they yeah. also called the FBI. Yeah, and they said, look, there's this crazy guy who is trying to uh, bomb places and trying yeah. to get members of our mosque in there, and he's harassing people. And the FBI, you know, I, I can't imagine <laughs> the phone call that happened between there when someone said, someone said, yeah, there's this guy who is... Uh, we got a report that there may be terrorist activity at this mosque mm-hmm. and who reported it, the mosque, and then go, OK, well, thank you for the call. They put the phone down, heavy <laughs> sigh. They pick it up and they ring and they go, Craig, the jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of there. I mean, but that that has to be that that is such an important question, though. And that goes to the question of infiltration versus running or influencing a cult, uh, because the the idea here that critics of this. Uh, would would cite is just as you said, Matt, entrapment, you know, exactly. And so let's let's look at another place that they've infiltrated. Another topic that we've covered heavily on video recently are NGOs, non-government organizations Mm -hmm. and the CIA. uh, we, We mentioned that they send assets in to look at groups such as, oh, I don't know, Peace Corps, Mm -hmm. USAID. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of them and It is sometimes with the organization's understanding that they'll be sending in an informant or um, an uh, asset, an asset. Yeah. And sometimes it's without that understanding. It's just what who knew that John Doe wasn't really from every town, Kansas. That's so weird to me. It happens. You know, it happens. And uh, it's also part of the reason why we hear such a stink when people who are 
working for a Western NGO are detained in mm-hmm. a, a non-Western country, often there's this implication, whether true or not. And I think you have to go case by case basis, whether true or not, there's this implication from the capturing country that these people were not, you know, kids work, college kids working for the Peace Corps. They were uh, plants from the CIA or some other intelligence agency. Well, I can't imagine being in that position, finding someone from an NGO who's doing something extremely suspicious mm-hmm. and they go, oh, man, OK. Uh, this could be a CIA agent. Uh, gotta handle this carefully. Yeah. Oh man. I see. Yeah. That's a really weird phone call to get to. Right. And then they call the, uh, they call the CIA. The guy goes, Oh, what? Really? And he hangs up. He says, thank you. <laughs> he hangs up the phone. He lets out a long sigh. <sighs> he picks it up, dials the number and says, Craig. <laughs> uh, the- Beautiful callback. As far as we know, ladies and gentlemen, that did not actually happen. But what does happen on a regular basis is that uh, foreign intelligence assets are also put in State Department embassies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also know that there's very compelling evidence of CIA and FBI front companies and or dummy organizations, which you and I covered in some of our Gary Webb stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So these would be airline companies with names that are just so vague and boring, like Premier Executive Transportation Services. I fell asleep just reading that out loud. Uh, and Intermountain Aviation, we also know that financial organizations uh, also operate in foreign countries, you know, a shell company uh, for the purpose of funneling money. So what does this all tell us? Well, to me, it says that our initial question at the top perhaps isn't all that crazy. Maybe a government agency or a project really could involve some kind of front cult or a dummy cult. Ah, okay. So, Ben, let's go over some of the illegal things, straight-up illegal, that the CIA and FBI and or FBI have Mm -hmm. done. Proven. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Let's see. Where to start? There's a good one that I can think of. Okay, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Almost started singing. <laughs> MK Ultra. That's nothing to sing about. MK Ultra. We've also done some videos on that. MK Ultra, as you know, is a blanket term for a series of related experiments which involved everything from trying to c- create a real life Manchurian candidate uh, that would be a brainwashed assassin on command to uh, seeing if LSD was a truth serum. Yeah. And just looking at how humans interact when they're on hallucinogens that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I still think that one guy was assassinated. I don't think he just, fell out of the window. Yeah. I don't think he just did acid and jumped out of a window. Yeah. Uh, Again, that's my personal opinion, folks. That is not that is not in any way proven. The official story is that he committed suicide. Yeah, and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't be the first or last person to jump from a high building on some kind of you know drug. Sure. However, uh, you have to get a lot of force to propel yourself through glass. You, that's right. Uh, all right. Well, okay. What uh, what about the Tuskegee experiment? Right, where uh, a group of people, mm-hmm. I forget what state it was in. Mm-hmm. But they were not given, they were, okay, they they had syphilis, but they were not treated uh, to cure the syphilis. They were just studied. 
right, and given placebo medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were African-American men in a tremendously racist time in the U.S. past. I know a few of our listeners will say, well, it's tremendously racist today, but uh, that it was very, very openly institutionalized racism to the point where it made it okay from yeah. a governmental standpoint to experiment on these black men. And uh, while the U.S.'s official position is that the, the U.S. admits this uh, incident occurred over a very long period of time, but they say that these guys started out with syphilis and simply were not treated. However, uh, other people, anecdotal reports of people who were involved at the time say that they were given syphilis. That so, makes it so much worse if that's true. Right. But we did we did a correction when we first did that episode and we came back and we said um, that according to the official government standpoint, which mm-hmm. I think is how we phrased it. Yeah. Uh, these people were not given syphilis. They had it already and they were not treated, which is just as insidious. Right. And, and unethical, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And then there's domestic chemical exposures. Speaking of that, uh, yeah. that's proven as well. So government agencies would just go to the rooftops of some poor neighborhoods. And they did this more than once and uh, emit chemicals, you know, to see what happened to stimulate a widespread chemical exposure. Yeah. And just, you know, go to the local hospital and find out, well, who came in with what, how many, mm-hmm. how did it manifest? Ugh, man. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, uh, listeners. I meant to say simulate, not stimulate. I believe I misspoke <laughs> there. Um, and, of course, we know that uh, warrantless snooping and or surveillance is, I would say, de facto illegal. Uh, but other people would say it's de facto legal, being that some of the interpretations of the law remain secret. Yeah. Because of national security. Oh, man. Please don't be drunk right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, uh, how could we go without mentioning uh, psyops, such as impersonating someone's identity, anonymous harassment, smear campaigns, and all that other stuff? Uh, This would be stuff like you mentioned earlier, Matt. What would they do with Martin Luther King's mail? Oh, well, all kinds of fun things with his mail. Um, they would intercept the mail, mm-hmm. like check it out, see what's in there. If there's anything juicy, make copies of things, then put it back in the mail. Mm-hmm. They would send him threats and things yeah. like that in the mail. Um, They'd impersonate people. That's what it is. They they would impersonate, like a, let's say, a letter from one of his close contacts that was just seething mm-hmm. and mad at him or... um. I think there was one instance where they tried to initiate some kind of affair. Oh, uh, yeah, I heard I have heard that story, but I haven't looked it up myself. Uh, I don't mean to give out false information. I hope sure, that I'm sure. not, but it's in my in the back of my head somewhere. Well, we do know the MLK did have affairs. Sure. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, but speaking of the mail, it's time for a break, and we'll be back after word from our sponsor. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, so far, for a quick recap, we have looked at uh, we have looked at illegal things that government agencies have done in the past. We have looked at uh, things that they're monitoring activities. We've looked at infiltration activities. And now it's time to get to the real here's where it gets crazy part. Did a government agency ever run a cult? 
So here are some of the alleged examples, Ben. Mm. The first one is Jonestown. Ah. Now, some people believe that Jim Jones, well, we know that Jim Jones was running a cult. The People's Temple. The People's Temple that moved uh, from several places. Mm. I can't remember the initial starting place, but I know it moved to California, then to Guyana. Guyana, yeah. And the theory is that he was running a psychological experiment of mind control on these people Mm -hmm. uh, on behalf of the CIA, or at least possibly related somehow to the CIA. I see. And that that's an interesting idea, which we do explore in that video you mentioned earlier, because the people's temple at the time was a bit unusual in that it actively encouraged acceptance of all creeds. And it was a little Mm -hmm. bit left leaning, Mm -hmm. uh, which would be, Otherwise, the kind of thing that the U.S. government would have closely monitored at that time for possible dissent or a threat to national national security. security. (laughs) Well, it's strange to me that that it would still be, I guess, the reason why it was under CIA or why it's thought to be under CIA is because they moved Mm -hmm. outside of the country. To Guyana, which was uh, a country in the U.S. sphere of influence. Sure. Uh, But I guess not officially inside the u.s so it wouldn't be fbi right Um, yeah but also you know in the evolution of a cult they may have just moved to a more isolated place to further cement the leader's grip on people they had guards like armed guards increasingly militarized Mm -hmm. uh there were people who wanted to escape there are some huge unanswered questions to this day which uh, you and I deal with in the videos about how stuff went down, how the congressman was killed, uh, how the people were killed who committed suicide, reports of additional uh, people or assets even working to uh, sanitize the operation and then later painting it as a suicide when it may have been instead as as the theorists would advance a massacre mm-hmm. uh of a psychop gone wrong, psyop rather. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's fascinating. At this point, the evidence that you and I could find in there, while tantalizing, was far from certain. Sure, and but there wasn't a CIA agent who was working with Leo, or was it is his name Leo Ryan, the congressman, Congressman Leo Ryan, and then there is Dwyer, Agent uh-huh. Dwyer, and you can hear on the recording, right, that Jim get Jones Dwyer out of here, get Dwyer out of here, yeah, uh, that is true. Um, but at this point, that while that is one of the most popular theories for an intelligence agency mm-hmm. running a cult, it is ultimately at this point it doesn't have solid proof yet. Sure. It just has troubling, unanswered questions. Um, Can I tell you about one of my favorites? Oh, I love this one. All right. Uh, This is the idea that Scientology, and we are not calling Scientology a cult, so lawyers, please don't get mad. This is a theory that Matt and I did not make up, uh, that the Church of Scientology is somehow run by an intelligence agency. And this is this is actually a theory that is kind of more well-known in the ex-Scientologist community mm-hmm. than it is in the mainstream uh, never-been-a-Scientologist 
part of the world. Uh, and the, the idea here is that the current head of Scientology, David Miscavige, uh, is working for the FBI or the CIA, that he is an asset. And you'll see ex-Scientologists who say that they left the organization because Miscavige somehow changed it. And um, you and I, of course, are not Scientologists, uh, nor have we ever been. Uh, we have read about Scientology, but we've also always read about it from the outside in. Sure. Uh, little background, uh, you hooked us up with an excellent book that uh, you lent to me earlier, right? Yes, Going Clear. Uh, and I already forgot the author, but it's fantastic. It looks at it from an investigative reporter mm-hmm. angle um, on all these different angles. And the... Uh, the author allowed Scientology to go in and make footnotes and comment on the entire book. Right. Yeah. The book itself is on the up and up. It's a great piece of journalism. It does not address this theory. It's more about the evolution of mm-hmm. society. But it does show the change of the church in Scientology when David Miscavige took over. Right. Yeah. It just makes no claims about this being anything other than a change in leadership mm. right so uh it's it's a popular theory in a, in a in a small segment of the global population but uh it's it's a fascinating one especially when we consider that uh the church of scientology and the united states government had historically uh adversarial relationships yes again detailed in that book quite beautifully mm-hmm. you can also check out uh, our video operation snow white uh, we've got we've got one other, of course. We got to save this guy, good old Charlie Manson. Yep, maybe nothing good about him, but he is certainly old. Uh, <laughs> the idea is that Manson was groomed by aspects or uh, assets of the CIA to perform mind control experiments in the field. Yes, that would be a good place to do them. <laughs> and of course, in this point, at this point, apparently, uh, Matt and I believe that <laughs> these, these CIA scientists are evil Germans. Yeah, I didn't want to do a unit 731 accent. I, oh, no. I can't do those. Oh, no, no, no. That would probably, that would probably get us in some hot water, but we'll see what, we'll see what comes out of our, uh, cartoonish Indiana Jones <laughs> German accents. Uh, the, <laughs> The the idea here, though, is fascinating because this is one of those strings that when you pull it unravels more and more and more stuff. So we know that Charles Manson had some uh, encounters with Dianetics, uh, mm-hmm. which was a precursor to Scientology during some of his time in prison and during some of his time in the hippie counterculture uh, when he also encountered a group called, uh, was it, it's not, is it Four Pie? Or Pi is the alleged. Ah, uh, yeah, it's Pi, not P2. That's the it's Italian Freemasons. Okay, yes. Yes, that's the one that David Berkowitz talked about, the Son of Sam killer. Uh huh. And then got his throat cut in prison and after talking about it. And to speak again. Right. And there's, uh, there's some, I, I, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But there is some really compelling evidence that the son of Sam did not act alone. Matt, that detective who never gave up, I think he's right. Yeah. And uh, this this argument here, uh, this goes into the idea that there was, we first found out about it with son of Sam and Charles Manson, mm-hmm. but it, it ultimately expands into this idea that there is some sort of serial killer cult or some sort of um, tacit 
agreement to turn a blind eye to certain unethical experiments or criminal homicidal behavior. Um, now, of course, in most cases, logically, it doesn't make sense to think that so many people could keep that kind of secret. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, that's a big one. Yeah, it's an ex- a lot of moving extraordinary parts. claim. Yeah, but oh, fascinating, right? But Ben, is this conspiracy theory or is it conspiracy fact? Ah, yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing: it's unlikely that an intelligence group, at least the ones we're talking about, again in the United States, would manufacture an entire cult. Yeah, I. I'm trying to come up with an idea of why you would manufacture an entire cult. Right. To what end would you do this? I'm I'm honestly not sure. Unless you, you know, unless you wanted a whole colony of Manchurian candidates that you which, just keep in tiny darkened rooms. But You know, which I, I could understand, but it would be so much easier to uh, influence and infiltrate a cult than it would be, you know what I mean? Right. It's it's a lot more plausible that that would happen because you again, if we take the standpoint of one of these uh, groups, CIA or FBI, mm-hmm. infiltrating them and keeping tabs on them, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense to me. Um, controlling one. Ah, rising go. up the ranks and then controlling one. Now, that is that, interesting. That's to the me. angle that you and I would take. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that we have considered that, but, no. but we hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and we hope that we have provided uh, enough fascinating things to, to get you going in different directions. And we want to hear back from you when you come out of the rabbit hole, especially Matt, I'd like to hear about uh, this sort of idea in other cultures and countries. Like we know that China has an adversarial relationship with uh, the Falun Gong cult, yeah. uh, which I'm probably mispronouncing. We know that um, the church and the state in many cases often clash. And in some cases they start to become synchronous. Um, we also know that um, some quasi-religious groups have been involved uh, heavily in government, like P2, which we earlier, um, I mentioned it in the wrong spot, but P2 in Italy deserves a mention, right? Yeah, the propaganda do. Mm-hmm. Which would be a uh, Freemason-associated group, associated lodge, that uh, has a lot of, fing- had a lot of fingers and a lot of uh, Italian pies, I guess. mm they were running, you know, they had an undue influence is yes. what I'm saying. <laughs> I get you, man. So what do you think? Is there any one of these topics that you've watched our videos? Maybe you want us to go deeper into any of this. Do you have any opinions about, you know, whether or not you think a cult is being infiltrated and then perhaps is now run by the icy cold hands of the CIA? Nice. Nice imagery. I'm trying to go more Halloween here. I'm not sure if it's being effective or not, but we're going to keep going with it. But write to us, guys. Yeah, yeah. You Uh, can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We have a website called Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, where you can see, let's see, all of our videos, all of our podcasts. Uh, You occasionally put a blog up there. uh, So check us out there. And if you want to play Magic with me, I'm on MTGO. And I go by conspiracy stuff. Check it out. Yeah. Come play a game with me. Come on. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my co-host here is serious about that. He will play Magic the Gathering with you. Uh, 
And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.